I am Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM. Today, Jackie Chafin has joined us again to follow up on our great interview that we had last week in regards to her duties as a director in the Career Center. Jackie, welcome back. Thank you, Darrell. Great to be back again. That was a lot of great advice that you imparted with us uh, last week in regards to what the Career Center does for the community within Seton Hall as well as the alumni. you know, our last question focused on what are the qualities that the corporations are looking for, and you gave a very nice answer to that. Uh, but what are the key leadership attributes that they focus on when they're interviewing our students? I would say some of the key leadership attributes that employers are focusing on, obviously, are you know when they have. Um, stepped out on an issue that they felt strongly about and took an opposing view um, and how they handled themselves when they disagreed with something or how they handled themselves when they called a peer you know on the on the carpet for you know maybe they didn't hold up their end of it Um, because that's what it takes it takes someone who's going to stand up who's going to say you know the not popular thing um, who's going to hold others accountable? Because what you're doing is you're holding others to an accountable, a, a level of accountability and a standard um, that you believe in. Um, so I think that's very key. Obviously, um, when you have stood out, um, made a difference, led on a belief or an opinion or a view. Um, and also how you handled yourself. And that's sometimes too where students mess up. Um, you know, maybe they get angry or they talk negatively about, you know, others. That's not what an employer is looking for. Um, you can disagree. You can still be kind. Um, you can share what your expectations are and hold others accountable to that. Key, key leadership at- traits and attributes. You know, and that leads us right into our next question in regards to as the, as the student is building their resume during their four years mm-hmm. here, what are some of the key activities that they should get involved in in balancing their, their, their schoolwork and balancing their career aspirations? I, don't, I honestly don't know how college students do it today. They're much busier than I was when I was a college student. Um, obviously, as I said in, in the last show, strong d- grades, some type of career-related experience, um, either an internship for student teachers or students who want to be teachers one day, it's student teaching experiences for our nursing students, it's clinical experiences. But in terms of the other experiences, um, one we didn't talk about last time is service and volunteer work. Um, and I'll tell you, it's it has risen um, in terms of top things that employers will screen resumes on. If they don't see where a student has volunteered or worked for some service in a service capacity, they, they will not even interview them. Organizations are becoming much more community-oriented. So employers and pl- future employees that they hire, they want to see that there's a civic orientation, that the student has um, volunteered and has a commitment to that. Um, it's another way that they're screening out resumes. And that the student's just not doing it to check off the, I did this. But there's a commitment um, in, in giving of themselves to service to others. Very, very key. Um, what else do they look for on a resume? Um, obviously, leadership that they've held, you know, any type of position of leadership in a student club organization. Maybe they were president. Maybe they were the social coordinator. Maybe they were the treasurer. 
Um, another, some other key things are, there's obviously academic clubs here at Seton Hall University, um, PRSSA, the finance club, accounting. I mean, there's hundreds of clubs and organizations to get, get involved with. Um, so those are several things. You know, uh, in your response to a couple of my questions in regards to employers, you used the word screened out screening out resumes. Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that students should be aware of that they should not have on a resume to be screened out? Typos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, everybody makes that mistake. You know, I recently was looking at a resume of someone that I wanted to interview for a position, and unfortunately, she had a wrong phone number. I couldn't reach her. I mean, you just can't afford those type of mistakes. Um, And we all make mistakes, um, but you know, that person didn't get a shot. So typos, um, just your presentation on paper, um, that you've honestly uh, represented yourself. Um, So those are key things in terms of screening out your resume. It's like, if you have 100 resumes to go through, you only have 10 minutes, you're going to be looking for three or four things. And and I guess for this for the graduating student, a one-page resume. Absolutely. No two pages or three pages. No. Mm -mm. And what no. about pictures on resume? Are you starting to see any people put pictures on resumes? You know, in terms of um, recruiting here in uh, the United States, it is frowned upon. You should not provide any type of personal information. Now, that's not the case um, with some of our international students. They come from countries where that's totally um, legitimate, but not here. In fact, you should avoid any personal information. Um, single, married, you know, race, religion, um, how old you are, you're supposed to remove all of that. You want, you're being screened on your skills, your experiences, and how qualified you are for that position. You know, when you go to a number of job sites and you, and you apply for a position, um, they ask you those questions. They ask you if you're willing to volunteer that information. What is your advice to students or, or, or alumni uh, when they're faced with those questions, should they just say, no, I do not wish to answer those questions? I would advise someone to leave off the personal information. You don't want to be screened in or out based on personal private information. You want to be screened in or out based on how qualified you are for that job. Oftentimes, they, companies ask for it to collect information for affirmative action, but you do not need to, to provide it. It's optional information. That's excellent advice, excellent advice. And so what are some of your immediate goals for the Career Center for 2010? What, what's at the top of your list as you say, I, would, I want to add this particular service, I want to do this particular activity? We always have a very ambitious agenda. My staff and team would attest to that. Um, you know, these are uncertain times, um, and still with the economy in a downward spi- spiral, with recruiting, college level recruiting down 20, 25% nationally, um, our goal is to maintain our employment rates. And m- very few colleges and universities can say that they're maintaining their employment rates. Between 2008 and 2009, our employment rate at graduation held when the economy took a nosedive. I mean, that is unheard of. Um, It says a lot about the work of the team, my team, Seton Hall students, how proactive they were, the experiences that they had ready to step into the workforce. So obviously we want to maintain maintain our relationships with key employers. Um, Another key agenda is engaging alumni in um, helping us with students 
as well as to, through technology and the larger, actually, alumni network to provide assistance to alumni in need of career transition. Um, and uh, that's, a, that's a big agenda for us right now. Um, and obviously to steadily grow our internship rate and employment rates when the job market does turn around. Now, I take it when the admissions offices are talking to prospective students, uh, do they share with them the great rates of our our folks graduating as a selling point as to why they should come to see I always do, and I know admissions does as well because we share our information with them. We're at our open house events with all of this information, Mm -hmm. and right now we're working with each uh, college to to create a promotional piece with key outcomes because parents want to know you know, what's going to happen with my son or daughter? What are your graduation rates? What are your employment rates? Right. Who are the types of organizations that hire? Um, and what is the educational experience here? And how is Seton Hall different? And those institutions that can clearly articulate that um, are going to be able to um, emerge from this uh, economic downturn. And uh, what are some of the challenges that you face as the director of the Career Center and uh, how do you overcome them? Some challenges that, uh, that we face here, I face here at Seton Hall University, um, is obviously, um, you know, everybody, whether it's higher education or in business, um, budgets are tightening. Um, how do you, how do I continue to articulate our value-added benefit as a department? How can I clearly articulate the outcomes that we drive and how important those outcomes are to our students, to prospective um, families and students that are going to come here. Um, so outcome measurements are really, really key in collecting that information and then sharing that. Um, because every day people are having to make tough decisions about what are we going to cut. Um, every type of organization is doing that. So we are right now even focusing more on outcome measurements to really show what our value here is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how do you, uh, what tactics do you employ to um, get support for the Career Center so that your budget isn't cut? <laughs> well, <laughs> without without, without some, giving us any of your trade secrets. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to share my trade secrets. Um, number one, I think um, y- you can't all of a sudden prove overnight your value. It's, um, it's every single day for as long as you've been here. Um, through, you know, the partnerships on campus that we've developed, um, the partnerships with employers that we have, the partnerships with alumni that we have. Um, The relationships are so key. You need the key stakeholders of the universities to understand your value. So, you know, it's to having our message out there to so many different entities. Um, Because if I'm not in a meeting, and a discussion happens about the Career Center, I know I have a lot of advocates out there. Um, and that, that's so key that someone else is an advocate for you and not yourself. And if you can reach that, um, I think that, that that is one big trade secret. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> Partnering with all of your colleagues, that's, that's, excellent. that's excellent. How would you describe your leadership style? My leadership style, um, well, you should have my team here. They'll pro- they could probably best do that. No, I'm one who um, each year we always do end of year reviews. We always set a strategic goals for the next year. I'm known to set an ambitious agenda mm-hmm. um, on an annual basis, and I'm always looking out three or five years of where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think my team knows always where we're going. So to be able to articulate our vision, what's most important, um, we always have reach goals. Um, and we get close, but I know they're always reach goals. I think it's yes. so key. You want people to, to have to reach. Mm-hmm. I want my team to reach. I want myself to reach. Right. Um, and many times we have achieved it, even though we didn't think we would within a year's time. So obviously, um, very goal-oriented, measuring those goals, mm-hmm. our achievement of those goals. Um, to do that, I think teamwork is so important. I really focus on building a strong team. Talk about the importance when we hire people. Um, we and do. what type of activities do you do to build a strong team? Um, I think I believe in the saying, you know, work hard, play hard. Mm-hmm. Um, hiring people that have that mindset and that mentality um, and that come to work very dedicated to the work, but that can also have fun together. It's so key in today's workforce because um, what keeps people doing their work is that there's some element of enjoyment. There's a reward back to them. Um, so t- twice a year, we'll do a full day retreat, two day retreat. We just do team building fun things you know we might go hiking we might do activities out at a park someplace um the next day we might be doing strategic planning you know obviously the holiday season we're doing you know fun holiday things and gatherings and people just know they look forward to that time to come together play a game do something fun because i know when we're back january 5th we're all going to be rolling up our sleeves and running putting the nose (laughs) to the grindstone that's for sure that's for sure and um so you motivate your team by these retreats. You motivate them by giving them clear direction. Clear goals. Um, but it also sounds like you also provide them a lot of leeway where they can be mm-hmm. totally participative in the process. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I would say I didn't mention. But I believe strongly in getting each individual to own their work. They're the mini director. And how would they go about that? What outreach are they going to do with their student cluster? What employers do they need to go develop? How are they going to do that? Um, What programs are they going to offer? You know, sky's the limit. I tell them each year, what are you going to do differently? What do you think you need to do? And ask them questions so that they own their work. They feel like they have 100% responsibility for um, their daily work and their outcomes. Um, I think that's really important is that accountability and ownership for what they do. And how often do you gather your team for meetings? Weekly? Monthly? Um, I pull the entire team together about twice a month and then they have many teams Mm -hmm. throughout. There's, you know, every week there's at least two or three teams that are meeting on something. The technology team, the career fair team. Um, the business team, which is the team that supports the Stillman School business. So we have a lot of mini teams, too, and a lot of cross-functional teams. Um, and even with the staff of 14, teamwork um, can be two people, three people, four people. Um, we have a lot of small teams that operate within the larger team. You know, with, within the, uh, the Essex County area, there's a number of institutions. Um, Essex County College, I think they can matriculate here to, to Seton Hall as part of the, the the, the in, uh, admissions process. Um, do you ever partner with other career centers from other institutions to share best practices? 
Um, we do, actually. I'm a part of um, this great group of career center directors throughout the nation. It's about, I think, 40 strong. Um, I was invited about three years ago. But it's a group that comes together annually. It's called the National Career Services Bun- Benchmarking Group. Um, and we come together for two days, um, anywhere from 20 to 30 people, and just share best practices, trends, um, challenges, um, what are we seeing in our own institutions, emerging issues. You know, um, it's a group that I rely on. Um, and, you know, to be able to tap your peers for, you know, day-to-day issues and, you know, strategic agenda, innovative thinking, strategic thinking ideas, I really have to rely on um, my peers and professionals um, in the field. You know, being the director of a career center, you have, I think you said, nine direct reports, but you're responsible for all of the uh, careers of the students on the campus. Um, you encounter a lot of different, and variety of different types of challenges and problems. Mm-hmm. Um, what is one of the most challenging problems that you've had to deal with, uh, and how did you resolve it? And what type of techniques do you use in your leadership style to solve these problems? Probably one of the most challenging things I've dealt with is implementing change, and I'll just say it very globally um, without being too specific. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, obviously as a younger director, um, now that I'm you know, wiser, <laughs> um, I just attacked, you know, things I wanted to change with, you know, we just have to change this, you know, it's old, it's time for, you know, something new, something innovative, something that's going to better serve students, something that's going to help us reach higher internship rates. Um, But any type of change, even if it's, everybody knows it's for the right thing, very hard to do. Um, So I learned that uh, you have to involve others to help uh, change, um, make changes here, I think, or anywhere, Um, but really have learned a lot about uh, managing resistance to change, still moving an agenda in the face of adversity and challenge and dissension and um, staying true to the agenda, getting the support you need to follow through on the agenda, Um, and uh, got beat up a little bit as a younger career director, um, but learned from that and have been successfully able to change pretty much everything I wanted to change, but maybe tried some different approaches along and, the way. And, and what was that different approach? Because it seemed like you were a little bit more strategic about it or mm-hmm. uh, a little bit wiser about it. What, 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 what did you change in yourself to uh, be able to implement new ideas and, and change? Find advocates who are going to carry the agenda for me, especially at a, in higher education. And if that's why we partner so much with our academic colleagues and uh, faculty here um, because they they can carry an agenda um, oftentimes much easier (laughs) than uh, the loan department director here Um, but to build um, support on a grassroots basis it might take longer it's a lot more individual work one-on-one meetings um, building it one by one and in three years all of a sudden you realize that you know the mo- you have the momentum to change an issue that you've been struggling with for five years so the grassroots and uh, the outreach and the one-on-one and building support is very key 
remember some years ago I was implementing a reorganization change where I was working before, and uh, we used a book called Who Moved My Cheese? Yes, I'm familiar with that. <laughs> and uh, there was a video that went along with it, and uh, it, it kind of softened the blow that mm-hmm. you know, nobody likes change. Mm-hmm. But um, I think if we can demonstrate that this change is better for the organization, is better for our customers, our clients, our students, or whoever they might be. And at the end of the day, yes, we have to learn a slightly new process, but at the end of the day, we're going to be better, bigger, better, more efficient, more effective. And that's that's what I would say, too, and try to convey with a very clear, constant, repeated message what the outcome was, um, how it would serve us, and ultimately serve our students. You know, there's a, a phrase uh, that I learned from a course from Wilson Learning years ago called the PPP, the purpose, the process, and then what's the payoff. And uh, pretty much I use it today with anything that I That's do. That's very good. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm working with my uh, my family members, my brothers and sisters, <laughs> I always have to stick to the PPP. <laughs> purpose, what'd you say, purpose? Purpose, product, process. Process and, and payoff. payoff. Yes. I'll have yeah. to remember that. Yes. <laughs> and what are the important traits for a leader? When you, when, you, when you say that someone is a, is a good leader, um, what are those traits that are significant for them to be a great leader? Um, I think he obviously is to be able to be a thought leader. And uh, what I mean by that is to be strategic in your thinking um, and that you can lead a group toward that strategic thinking um, that you can articulate a vision and how we're going to reach that vision um, that you can motivate your team to work work harder sometimes Um, motivation thought leadership, strategic thinking um, and that you make an interpersonal connection with who works for you I think it's so important um, that you take the time to understand what their unique contribution is to find how they fit and contribute in the organization in a way that maybe nobody else does and to get them connected with that niche um, I think very very key and to help grow people to, to develop your your staff and your people um, and sometimes that means moving them on to bigger and better things I certainly don't believe that my staff's going to stay with me for 10 years although I wish they would um, but to help them move on to the next thing. And, you know, having those conversations about career growth uh, or very personal, professional conversations that occurred during the review, but also occurs during uh, monthly one-on-ones mm-hmm. throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you deliver that type of message to someone who maybe wants to do something a little bit different, but they really haven't developed the necessary expertise or skill set? Um you know, it's it's a common topic when I talk with my staff. You know, I'll say to them often, you know, where are you at with, with being here? You know, where do you see yourself going from here? Um, and if they're not there yet, I'll, I'll ask them about the type of work that they are doing. If there's work within the career center that they're not that good at, sometimes it's technology, um, I'll say, you know, do you have an interest in further developing this skill? And let's put you on a leader on a team in a leadership role so that you have to um 
and so it's always looking for opportunities for for them to develop and just being honest and say you know if you had to hold up the mirror how would you rate yourself with this particular skill or you know where do you think you fall short a little bit um, and it's not because I'm going to punish somebody, but it's a part of the developmental conversation that we need to have with those that we supervise. You know, I've often learned uh, from a, a previous manager of mine, Ed Ramsey at Xerox, he would say, mm. I'm firm, but I'm fair. Mm-hmm. And then I learned from another manager it's that, great. you know, you can always deliver a tough message, but you don't have to be tough in a way that you deliver it. Correct. You know, you mm-hmm. want to make sure you convey to the individual what the concerns are and mm-hmm. and ask them how do they think they're going to come about uh, correcting that and then, of course, providing them advice. But you can always be pleasant about it. You don't have to be the hard, I'm going to chop your head off and, and then uh, send you off to the gallows. You know? No, I agree with that. I was actually just talking with someone this weekend who recently had to lay off, I don't know, like 70 people oh, no. over two mm-hmm. weeks. And... Um, you know, he fits with that firm but fair, but um, having a personal co- connection. And he said even the people, a couple of days later after he fired them, said, because you took the time and helped me understand why this was happening, um, I so appreciated the way you handled it and the conversation that you had with me. It wasn't just about, sorry, here's your pink slip. Um, but that you know, there was concern showed or an investment in you and your growth in the company, that there was a genuine interest in who I am as a person, even if you deliver bad news, um, that you show an interest and investment in the person that you're talking with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Really important. The the human element is so important. Um, What is the primary advice that you give to graduating students? Whenever it's, it's May 10th and they're graduating May 16th, Um, They've checked out. They've checked out already. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say good luck. Um, No, go ahead. I'm teasing. No, but uh, what is the primary advice that you give them after they've been here for four years? Um, You know, be the best you can be. Set ambitious goals for yourself. Reach. Reach high. Take initiative. Work hard. um, And believe in yourself. And how do you think we're going to fare with, with the millennials? Are we in good hands for the future? Because uh, you and I are going to be re- retiring in 20 years. <laughs> um, we have to trust that next generation, um, there's, a, there's just a great, great um, optimism um, in this group, our millennial group. And, um, you know, I feel safe. I feel safe in their hands. They're an extraordinary group of young people who are obviously very compassionate and are passionate about the country, um, have had to deal with traumatic events a lot sooner than we ever had to, and um, have a very strong value system around volunteerism and um, making a difference. Yeah, I I have a 12-year-old, and... uh I've watched the way that she and her friends got involved in the last presidential campaign, how they mm-hmm. were really grasping the issues. And um, I said, uh, very yeah, impressive. Yeah, maybe it's, maybe it's more than Facebook and texting. We're, 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 we're going to be okay. Um, as we're going to close out this interview, what parting advice would you give to all of our seniors mm-hmm. in regards to what they should, what they should be doing? Uh, to get ready for uh, graduation come May of 2010? Um, What I tell them is you should already be actively involved in your career search. Um, 
many students uh, started already in September. Make sure you have had your resume reviewed and critiqued. The Career Center is great for that. Have other people, family members, alumni here at Seton Hall, have someone else give you feedback on that resume. Be proactive. Your personal network, your professional network will be the means by which you will transition into a job successfully as well as 10, 20 years down the road. Take care of that network. Develop that network of people. Learn how to successfully manage the people and, 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 and rely on them to help you find that next job. Because without it, you're not going to, you're going to be an unsuccessful person. Being able to um, develop successfully a professional network is so key to everyone's long-term success. I can't stress it enough. Um, and those that are now employed, I tell them, take good care of these people because you never know when you're going to need them. Great advice. Jackie, I want to thank you for coming back to share with us some of your insights on the Career Center and how one can develop their career. We are here with Jackie Chafin, the Director of the Career Center at Seton Hall University. Jackie, thanks so much. Thanks so much, Darrell. I really enjoyed it. This is Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM, located in South Orange, New Jersey. Remember, leadership begins with you.